Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 13 of Revelation chapter 12. And we're going to be reading Revelation 12, verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. Well, uh, as we've been going along in Revelation chapter 12, we've seen that Satan was cast out of heaven, and he was cast down to the earth. And uh, in the previous verse, God spoke about those that had overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and, and they also loved not their lives unto the death. And this verse is following up with that statement and saying, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Rejoice because of salvation. And salvation is the overcoming by the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb, and through or by the word of God, the word of the testimony. We we find this same word rejoice, which is Strong's number 2165, used in Luke 15, Luke chapter 15, in the parable of the prodigal son. It says in Luke 15, of, beginning in verse 21, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. The word merry in both verse 23 and verse 24 is the same uh, translation of the same Greek word translated as rejoice. And we can see here in this parable of the prodigal son that it has to do with salvation because as he returns to his father, and the father exclaims, My son was dead, but is alive again, was lost and is found. That is language of salvation. And it it causes the father to rejoice with all those of his household, to make merry, and to be merry, to rejoice uh, over salvation. It's a similar idea but a different Greek word, as is found earlier in Luke 15, when the Lord Jesus gave a couple of parables to express the idea of rejoicing in heaven over repentance of sinners or the salvation of sinners. For instance, in Luke 15 and verse 3, 
It says, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And then a second parable is given immediately of the woman who had ten pieces of silver and she loses a piece. And again, it's the same teaching in verse 9. And when she has found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And then immediately following that, the parable of the two sons, the prodigal and the older son is given. And when the prodigal son, the son that had gone away and uh, wasted his substance with riotous living and, and was giving every indication of being unsaved, when that son returned... And and the father again exclaims, "This my son was lost, but now is found." It it's um, really teaching the exact same thing as the woman who lost a coin, or as the man who lost a sheep. It it is pointing to salvation, and there is making merry when the son returns home, just as um, the case of the man who found his sheep. He he wants others to rejoice with him. And God uses that as an example of joy occurring in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. And that's uh, exactly what is in view in our verse in Revelation 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Rejoice. Because the gospel is going out into the world during this period of the church age and, and there will be those that are, that overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they will give up their lives. They will love not their lives unto the death. And this is a cause of merriment, of rejoicing, of, of making merry and being glad. Uh, because it relates to salvation. And and so, um, rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Now, God dwells in heaven. The angels dwell in heaven. All those God has saved, whether in the body like Moses or um, Elijah, who were given resurrected bodies or a few others, or in soul as all the saints that have been saved throughout all previous history are in heaven in their soul existence. We we know that from language uh, that we found in Revelation 6, that there were the souls under the altar, as the altar typifies Christ. And, and so all those are in heaven, but so too are God's people, that live on the earth but became saved 
and in their salvation, they're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. They're granted citizenship to the kingdom of heaven. Or, as it's put in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 3, referring to um, the elect who were saved, and, and yet they're still living on the earth, it says in Philippians 3, verse 20, For our conversation, and that's an old English word, conversation, it means behavior, or, or in this case, maybe a little bit more than that, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a position, a status. We, we have uh, a right. Uh, we, we have citizenship in heaven. And, and so as God speaks to those, uh, that are in heavens and those that dwell in them, He's also speaking to his people that are upon the earth, that there ought to be rejoicing over the salvation of sinners. And of course, uh, this is speaking of those saved during the church age. We live in a different time. We're not um, people who live in the church age any longer. We've gone beyond that. We're not even people who live in the time of the Great Tribulation. We've gone beyond that. We're people today who live in those days after that tribulation, in the day of judgment. And yet we can still, uh, along with uh, with others, uh, rejoice with those in heaven over the the great work of salvation that God did during the little season of the Great Tribulation when he saved the great multitude. And we can rejoice that God now has saved everyone whose name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Everyone who was to become saved at some point has now been saved. And that is a great cause of rejoicing, of making merry. We we can be very thankful to the Lord for being faithful to His salvation plan. He uh, He had a people that He bought, that He purchased by His own blood, and He made them His people. And He had a plan to find those people throughout history, and He has completed that glorious. A salvation program, and and so yes, we have much to thank God for concerning those that He has saved. Well, then it goes on to say in Revelation twelve twelve, "Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea." Now, th- this is basically just saying the same thing. The inhabitants of the earth are also the inhabitants of the sea. God likens um, the sea to people. And and now Satan um, has come down. He was cast out into the earth. We read back in verse 9. Um, he is cast down, we read in verse 10. And, and so this results in God pronouncing a woe. A woe to the inhabitants of the earth 
end of the sea, the people of the world, the, the people who live on the earth, because, as God goes on to say, he gives the reason for for the woe. And the word uh, translated as woe is also translated as alas. That, that is, it, it's a grievous thing. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The devil is come down unto you, and uh, he has great wrath. He possesses great wrath. He's very angry. Satan is angry. The The word uh, translated as wrath here is uh, the same word that we find in Revelation 14. In Revelation 14, it says in verse 8, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And verse 10, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. And verse 19 of Revelation chapter 14, And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. It's the identical Greek word. And and so this word means furious anger. We know when it's used of God, that God is angry with the wicked. As we read in the Psalms, he's angry every day because of man's sin. It's, it's a word that expresses fierce anger. And this is the word that God chose to um, describe Satan's anger with the woman who brought forth the man-child, the woman who fled into the wilderness, into that place God had prepared. And we know that place was the church. That's where the elect were found throughout the almost 2,000 years of the church age. And Satan came after them. He was cast down, cast out of heaven to the earth. And he he did not like it at all. He must have realized, of course, the the uh, big change since Christ went to the cross and he was bound and he could not bind the hearts of men of the nations as he had previously been able to do. Now the word of God was not limited to Israel, but the word of God was was being carried forth by these disciples of Christ and and they were going out on missionary efforts they they were going to surrounding nations as satan never really had to deal with that um sort of effort before because israel was the corporate body god's representatives to the people of the earth and they basically kept to themselves they were the holy people if anyone wanted to uh, to know the word of God, they were the caretakers of the oracles of the word of God, and and while it was true that synagogues would would be established in various nations, yet the Jews were not very evangelistic. They they were not trying to convert the Gentiles. As a matter of fact, they um, they had hostility 
in many cases towards the Gentiles. But now there was a drastic change in program where the gospel was going forth to the nations, to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were being encouraged to come to the word of God. And and they were being established as churches in nation after nation after nation. And this was spreading and and expanding and going further and further out. And and so Satan was full of wrath and anger at at this whole prospect that uh, of course he was angry that uh, his uh, efforts with the Lord Jesus Christ and he he thought he had won perhaps by uh, having Christ crucified and 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 Satan wanting to kill him and yet in killing Christ it didn't end God's plan but it was part of God's plan. And it, it was the death of Christ and then the resurrection of Christ that really powered the the movement of the followers of Christ. The Christians now were emboldened as they went forth into all these surrounding nations and and there there seemed to be no um, stopping them, no no uh, limitation to where this would spread and so satan was very furious and angry and and he came down unto them with great wrath and and also uh, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time satan had some sort of knowledge we're um, really not sure exactly what he knew, but he had some information, some knowledge concerning the shortness of his time. The word short here in Revelation 12, verse 12, is oligos, 3641 in Strong's Concordance, and it's the word that's translated as few, several times. When we read um, a familiar verse like, Many are called, but few are chosen. It's this Greek word, oligos. And and it has the idea, uh, when uh, it relates to numbers of people, of a few people. And it, it's not often used with time. But here, the, the word time uh, is a word that's typically used for time. And so... Instead of a few time, or it is translated a couple of times also as little, it could be translated as little time, yet uh, it's translated as short, uh, which which is accurate. There There is a short period of time. It's the same word that's found in Revelation 17 in verse 10, where it says, And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is. And the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. Now, both um, English words short space are a translation of this word oligos. It's just the one Greek word translated as short space. So, uh, it really reads, he must continue a little or a short while 
we we could add that word to give the idea um so that uh, there in revelation 17:10 it's a reference to the little season of the great tribulation but in our verse in revelation 12:12 12, 12, it's referring to the entire new testament era it is but a short time and satan knew it when he was cast out of heaven when he was bound at the cross and when he began his pursuit of the woman during the early years of the New Testament church age, he knew then he only had a short time, a short period of time. Before what? Well, before he would be destroyed, before he would be judged, and before uh, he would uh, experience eternal destruction at the hands of God. He knows he has only a short time. Now, another verse that um, ties in with this a little bit is found in Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew 8, and uh, beginning in verse 28, it says there, And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding, and and we know the rest of the story. Christ cast out these demons... And they enter into the herd, and there was, um, I think, about 2,000 swine that ran violently down a steep hill and drowned in the sea. And, and that pictures what will happen to the fallen angels, known as demons, these evil spirits. And all these evil spirits were possessing these two men here, uh, the demoniacs, they were possessing these men. So many spirits can enter into a man. And when they came out, they went into this herd of about 2,000. And then as they ran down into the sea and were drowned, that's a picture of the judgment, the final judgment and their destruction that comes at the end. And, and so the number of about 2,000 is significant because uh, this happened in uh, the time of Jesus' ministry and early 1st century A.D. And about 2,000 years later comes the Great Tribulation, Judgment Day, uh, as we've seen. The Great Tribulation began in 1988, continued for 23 years to 2,000 11, and now we're in the day of judgment up till this point. And so it's about 2,000 years from the time that Christ showed himself to these demons possessing these men. And from the time they said, Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And that reveals, their statement reveals, they had some knowledge of the time. They knew, for instance, that that 
point in history was not the time because they said, are you come to Tormenus before the time? Meaning at that point, it was not yet the time of their judgment. And, and so what exactly did Satan, the devil, and the fallen angels know about time? Well, they knew they had a short time. They knew that the first century A.D. was not the time of the final judgment. And and uh, I don't know if the Bible gives us uh, much more information concerning what they knew, but perhaps they knew that there must be a falling away first, that there, there would be a great apostasy of the church. I, I'm not sure, but we do know that they realize that their time is short. And isn't that amazing? That was almost 2,000 years ago. And and Satan knew he had but a short time. And here we are in the year 2014 A.D. And the, the world, uh, which is, uh, well, was for all of its history until relatively recently under the power of Satan, the people of the world act as if Oh, we have just, just, uh, unlimited amounts of time. That this world will continue on, um, just, just indefinitely. It's just going to go on and on. After all, we've been here billions of years, they, um, suppose. And so it will continue on. And yet there's every indicator, every indicator with the, the, uh, dead church, the completely apostate and dead church, with the multiplication of sin all over the face of the earth. Just look at uh, the idea uh, of what's going on um, with, read Romans 1, and then look at the world with with all the sins that are listed, and, and, and uh, Romans 1 is describing perfectly what is going on today as God gives men up to their lusts and, and sins. And especially when we see men marrying men and women marrying women, and it's it's becoming uh, common, uh, everyday occurrence, and the state and, and country after country is getting behind it and supporting it, and it's a good thing. And it, it is just everything together, the condition of the church, the condition of the world, everything is shouting to heaven that the time is now for the wrath of God. The time is short. And if it was short almost 2,000 years ago, then how much time is actually left now? How much of that time that, that Satan knew he had but a short while, how much of it remains uh, from everything we can read very, very, very little time remains before the end comes, before the the evil spirits will be finally destroyed and all the unsaved will be destroyed also. And then this world will mercifully, mercifully be uh, destroyed and and wiped from existence and wiped from the memory of God's people as all these wicked things that have occurred are uh, must be uh, just wiped away and never to be thought of again as 
God and his kingdom turns its attention to that glorious, perfect, sinless eternity future. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.